the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And we are back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's see here. Let's go to line number four. We'll talk with Kevin in Daily City. Line number four. Kevin, on line number four, are you there? Um, I've always enjoyed your sermons. I've enjoyed the seriousness of what you speak. Okay. The question I've had is for the last five years, I haven't celebrated Christmas, mm-hmm. and I just kind of didn't celebrate it because of not so much that, um, being separated from my my wife and um, and well divorced and um, and just the the commercialization of it all. But forget right, right. of that. Right. Um, I did some, um, this last uh, Christmas, I happened to do some research, and I did not know how much the Catholic Church is involved in Christian churches Mm -hmm. pertaining to the Christian calendar. And I'm not against Christmas, not against Easter or Easter, whatever they want to call it, Um, but I personally don't just celebrate Jesus' resurrection on one day. I, 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 I celebrate it every day. I don't mm-hmm. celebrate that Jesus came on this earth as a flesh. I celebrate it every day. So the question I have for you is, is it something that, that like how they connect to the pagan worship um, on uh, on Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving and um, Valentine's Day and all these other ones that the death of John the Baptist they celebrated. Um, but so the question I have for you is, what do you think about that, or do you not think it's something serious? Just go along with the program. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite frame it the way that you just stated. I'm not one of those persons that. Uh, don't things or think things are serious and therefore go along with the program. What I would say is that we need to know <clears throat> what the Bible permits relative to, let's say, celebrating holidays, period. <clears throat> so uh, without going into a lengthy discussion, I always use the axiom, if the Bible forbids a thing, explicitly forbids a certain kind of practice, then we don't have a freedom to actually do it. If the Bible lays out principal parameters for the observance of something or not, then we exercise the principal parameters. For example, there is no prohibition, there is no <clears throat> forbidding in the Word of God from acknowledging the birth of Christ. There's nothing in the Word of God that says don't celebrate birthdays, don't celebrate individuals don't celebrate events. There's nothing in the word of God that says that. And the nation of Israel, which is our pedagogical framework, celebrated several feast days, all pointing to the coming of Christ. 
and for which, uh, moving into the New Testament era, some of the Jewish people uh, perpetuated those practices, even in the uh, New Testament era, without it being like a mandated law. Paul explains this fully and thoroughly in 1 Corinthians chapter, I mean, Romans chapter 14. He lays out that we are not to be bound by the notion of celebrating a day or not celebrating. It's not an imperative, it's a free option. So he says one person will exalt one day above another and another will look at every day alike. Like for instance, your freedom is to say that you celebrate the birth of Christ every day or you celebrate the resurrection of Christ every day. That's your right to do, that's your freedom to do. If you had a whole community of people uh, joining you, Kevin, in doing so, that would be the freedom of that community of people. This is the thing that we have to always keep in mind over against the legalist or the self-righteous person or the heretic or the heterodoxical individual that wants to put a law on prohibitions. You'll get this with a lot of your cultic groups. You'll get it certainly with a lot of your uh, Jehovah Witnesses and your fringe Sabbatarians who will tell you that you received the mark of the beast if you if you observe December 25th as uh, as a as a day to celebrate Christ's birth. And I I've been through all that of that part. for a long time. Hold on. I've been through all of that for a long time. And in doing so, I've discovered that there's a whole lot more freedom in the gospel than people want to admit. It's just a matter of you being able to know what the Bible allows you to do and what it forbids us to do. And what Christ said in Matthew 15, uh, Brother Kevin, was this. Uh, he says, if the tradition that you observe does not cause you to make void the commandments of God, then it's okay. But when the traditions you observe cause you to make void the commandments of God, like was the case with the nation of Israel, then you, you and I have to, uh, we have to abandon that, avoid that, forbid that. So um, we always teach that December 25th was never the day that Christ was born. We understand the Jewish calendar. We understand the, um, the uh, astronomical calendar. We understand the historical context in which the Savior was most likely born, and it would not have been December 25th. The argument that December 25th became the day that uh, the church officially observed for the birth of Christ under Constantine is an arguable position, uh, to say the least. And, and we don't care about it because it's not an official holiday. That is, Christians are not mandated to do that. You and I are not mandated. We're free to do it. And we're free to also right. observe Christ's resurrection Although I don't call it Easter, I don't embrace that term. That term is not biblical. That term is pagan. It shouldn't have even been translated that way in the book of Acts. The book of Acts uses the term in the English for some uh, translations, even the King James. Easter is the Greek word pasa, which is the word for uh, pascha, for Passover. And it should have been understood as a Passover feast then. So it's important for you and I to know the freedom we have to do or not do a thing. It is my personal preference to celebrate the birth of Christ. It is a unique birth. It is no, it is definitely not a common birth like yours or mine or anybody else. And if we celebrate human birthdays, and we should, human beings need to be celebrated. Today we're being decimated. Today we're being uh, derogated. Today we're being uh, demised. Today we're being deconstructed. 
What we need to do is celebrate the fact that God created us in his image and in his likeness and with the dignity of being unique creatures that are the direct handiwork of God Almighty. He created mankind out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He did not do that with any of the other creatures. And so we celebrate that miraculous birth of the child coming out of the womb. Hallelujah. Another man child, another woman child is coming to the world by the goodness and kindness of God. But we do it if we want to. And if we don't want to, we don't have to do it. But if I don't do it, I, get, I can't tell you you can't do it either. That is not the gospel. Right. And if I do I, do I it. You're, you're, you're right on by being honest and saying that because I that I heard a few that weren't honest. In that. It's a lot that are not the children. Exactly. It's a lot that are not honest in that regard, Kevin. What, pardon me? I was saying that there are a lot of pastors that are not real careful. I don't know, maybe honest, but I know a lot of them that are not careful in how to explain our freedoms and liberties without um, right. infringing upon the word of God. Listen, your question is great. Uh, everybody benefited from it. You could have brought this up at uh, Christmas time and it would have been better. But I've got to take a hard break. I'm up against the clock. Thank, Thank you, you for your call. I do. Bless you, man. We will be right back. And we are back. Let's go to line number two and talk with Mark. Uh, if we have him on line number two. Who we got on line number two? Who's on line number two? Anyone there? All right. It's Mark, Let's good. see. Yeah, it's Mark. It's Mark. Hey, um, what's going on? Yeah, my wife just told me her sister got the mRNA vaccine, and I called her, hey, don't do that, and she's scheduled to take the other one. What would you suggest that I tell her about that? Because I've heard some bad things about it. Yeah. Um, how old is she? Uh, how old is she, honey? She's uh, 54. 54. Wow, man. I, you know, and why is she taking it? Yeah, why is she taking her job? Makes her right, honey. Yeah, because she's she's a nurse, like a nurse. Yeah, she's kind of like a nurse, and uh, so they required her to take the first one. And I'm telling her, you know, uh, it messes up your your DNA, and uh, it's got. To, I heard it had aborted fetuses in it too. My oh, well, was telling me. William just told me that, honey, today. I don't believe that. So. Right. So, so, so let me, I'll, I'll make a few observations. Uh, the uh, aborted fetus element is factual. There's no doubt about it, but it's not in all of the uh, COVID-19 vaccines. The, the, all the makers, Pfizer, uh, uh, Moderna, and then the one that is, that, that is uh, positively uh, certified that, that aborted fetus is in is, I think is a, uh, and a Dresna, something like that, a four-syllable term that I don't think is uh, taking place here in the United States. It's, uh, it's taking place like in Europe and in, in Britain. They've exposed that already. You can go online. It's a third vaccine that they're doing. They've already exposed that. That's not uh, uh, hearsay or gossip. You know, I don't deal with that. But, uh, you know, uh, aborted fetuses have been used in so many different things. It's it's uh, that that too is 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 problematic on an ethical level, sure. But just getting back to the vaccines, what's sad about that whole journey is that we are clear that the vaccines don't stop you from getting 
uh, COVID, and it doesn't stop you from transmitting it. They, they know that significantly. What we are not clear about with the vaccine is what kind of impact that is going to make on that person's life. What we are somewhat concerned about and what the medical field has clearly laid out in terms of what that uh, messenger RNA vaccine has the potential of doing is definitely uh, uh, um, uh, affecting your DNA. But even worse than that, because of the general evidence that's already out concerning how many times they've tried to use this vaccine on animals, it's dreadfully, dreadfully uh, alarming that uh, that this vaccine can impact your autoimmune system at length over time. That's what they're concerned about. What they did with animal testing, they found out that it has some extremely negative effects. There are hundreds and thousands of doctors at high level that have been warning and trying to talk about it, and we're just getting a blackout on that information here in America. Not in Europe. They're they're having that conversation over there. We're not getting it here. They're having this conversation in India. They're having this conversation in Australia. If people really wanted to kind of get more information on it, they could. I uh, received a, an outstanding uh, uh, video clip that, I, if I could remember uh, to, to, to share, let me see here. I, I received one from uh, a dear listener to our program uh, just uh, to yesterday, and I was watching it because I don't always make mention of it. This one is called uh, the COVID panel with Dr. Gold and Dr. Urso on uh, the COVID and vaccines and HCQ, the COVID panel, Dr. Gold and Dr. Urso. It's very, very informative, very uh, balanced, very uh, uh, rational, uh, big public uh, conversation about it. So the concerns are there. Here's the problem, though. You're not going to get any real evidence of it uh, for the long term. And the bigger problem, too, because a lot of people have uh, have heard professionals talk about the fact that it has the potential of, uh, of, of uh, making women sterile. And if that's true, here's the sad reality, Mark. We're not going to know about that for many, 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 many years. The more concerning thing for me is how this is being used as a control factor to determine your life to determine whether you work, to determine whether you travel or not, to determine whether or not you will be able to get into your banking account. All of this is working together with a very clear and tangibly affirmed uh, system of identification tracking and also uh, interaction on a commerce level, uh, uh, that is on a, uh, a finance level, that as soon as that starts to emerge, then all of the people that are carping that, you know, what we're talking about is, is not true, is not a healthy conversation, we shouldn't be doing it. They're going to be way late in the game of not being prudent to at least examine and prove all things. And then, uh, you know, if they're going to make the choice to do it, sure. And a lot of people are. They won't have any other option. For me, I'm holding out as long as I can because I'd rather see evidence uh, substantially validated evidence of the benefit of it. Right now, logic tells me, Mark, that if I have an immune system that is capable of fighting off COVID at a 99.5% rate, for me, 99.8% um, uh, rate for, for young people, then I'd rather just let my immune system do it. And I, I would argue and debate with with, uh, with anyone that what we are doing is just prolonging this thing uh, uselessly only to set up a system of controls that won't ever stop. See, the reality, Mark, is this won't stop. 
It, this won't stop. This will continue on. It'll become much more draconian. People will realize after a while how this was a dragnet to sweep them into uh, political, economic, social, domestic controls that um, yeah. are worldwide, worldwide. So I I'm sad to hear it. Because Klaus Schwab just came out and said, we, we're not going to be protected unless we have a 100% vaccination rate. Well, I don't trust Klaus Schwab with his uh, great reset and COVID-19, you know. He's coming out and really pushing them, you know. Uh, so I, I heard the second one is what really messes you up. That guy who had the baseball home run, he was healthy and strong. He died from it. Hank Aaron or... Uh, well, he was that's his name. No, that's his well, name. Nope, that's Hank Aaron. It killed him. And and there are lots of evidences out there of people being directly impacted severely by it. Here's the interesting thing before we go, is that um, you know how they have been just pushing these numbers of all these people dying, 400,000 deaths here in America of COVID. And, and you already know that those are inflated numbers. And many, 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 many people in the field who have observed and watched how people that die for other reasons were tagged with COVID. This is not even a secret. It doesn't take much to find out. On the one hand, you're being inundated with the 400,000 people that have died from COVID as a, as a standard parlance terminology by everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and yet we're not going to even have even remotely any open public discussion about the injury effects of the uh, vaccines uh, with that kind of uh, same kind of candidness. And the reason why is they don't want you to know about anybody dying from it because that would be bad news for it. But that would be the ethical thing to do. They're just not going to do it because they want to push everybody into this cattle uh, herd to uh, to embrace it. And if Schwab is right, and I don't think he is, uh, but I do know that the attempt is a 100 uh, percent vaccination rate around the world. Think about the irrationality of that. Uh, it's not going to happen. And that's why the only countries that are going to actually succumb to it are countries like America, Europe and other countries that are already on board. But countries that are not on board and there are several African countries that are not on board because they had already did early treatment with um with uh, with your um, hydroxychloroquine, and it was working fantastically for them. And you're not going to hear that because they don't have the same level of impact that we do. So this is eventually going to be a conversation that's going to get out of hand. And the next thing you know, uh, we're going to be having we're going to be having debates around this, as there are hundreds of doctors in Washington right now debating this thing, and I'm thankful for it. So, you know, we just have to be, um, we have to be wise, we have to be uh, balanced, we have to stand our ground. If you hold a different position than the majority of people who want to succumb to it, just tell them you don't agree with the evidence, and if they disagree with you, let them disagree. In time, as we know, there's nothing hidden in the dark that won't come to light. We'll see it come to light at some point. Look, I got to take a hard break. Thanks for the call. When I come back, we'll take all the rest of you on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. Yes, and we're back. Before we go to the lines, I was talking about uh, a very informative website where there are a number of doctors, hundreds in fact, they are part of a movement 
to protest uh, the imposition of uh, the uh, COVID-19 vaccine because they are very sure and very clear that uh, early treatment methodologies are much better, much better than experimenting with millions of people uh, with a vaccine that they have a lot of concern about its long-term impact upon our society. And one of the questions that they have asked is, uh, why would uh, the government and why would Big Pharma take the uh, hydroxychloroquine off the market, which it, when it was something that doctors were using for decades upon decades to take care of uh, people who had uh, the kind of same kind of systems, symptoms, particularly upper respiratory symptoms, uh, for for decades upon decades, billions of people have benefited from the use of these kinds of early treatment prophylactics that have helped them and to take it off the market and then to threaten the doctors if they even recommend using that. Why would doctors be told not to go down that route unless we are dealing with a financial thing on the part of Big Pharma and our government and Dr. Fauci, um, uh, like some of these doctors who are actually battling against the government and battling against Big Pharma and battling against Fauci. They just want a voice to actually be able to talk about it because they know to counsel them in terms of their right to speech means that the big pharmaceuticals and, and elements of the government are hiding something. So see, we're not even able to hear the debate. They won't even open the floor for the debate. And this is the part that is problematic to me. If you are so sure that what you're doing is right, ethical, and helpful, and not dangerous and harmful, have the debate. Have the debate. See, that is the principle of a free country. The principle of a free country is you have a right to your view. I have a right to my view. If you want to debate your position, get all your information, gather it, I'll gather mine, and let's sit down in a forum and talk about it. There are thousands of doctors around the world ready to do that. They are protesting the World Health Organization. They are protesting the UN. They're protesting the uh, CDC uh, and all the other organizations that are promoting this because they know that this is not medicine as it was originally designed to be, to help people, not injure people. They're ready to have this debate, but you see what big tech is doing, big Google, big Facebook, Twitter. They're all shutting these people down. And this is the real danger that some of our scholars have warned about. Even on this program, you heard about Eric Weinstein and uh, Brett Weinstein, their brothers, who have exposed a lot of this stuff that's been going on for the last couple of years. Very bright men who are warning about the slide into this kind of fascist socialism that everybody's looking at. And we all know that this is a problem. We all know this is a problem. No one wants to be honest and bold enough to fight it. Everybody knows it. What the lady was saying, her name is Mrs. Urso, uh, and what Dr. Go was saying is all of their colleagues, the vast majority of their colleagues are silent because they want to keep their jobs. She lost her job. Uh, Dr. Urso got uh, censored and find and so they said i'm we're going to fight back so they're writing books and they're doing debates and they're having public speeches this is what you do in a free country when you want to find out the truth of something you don't you don't hide it you don't cover it over with a bushel you set that light out so people can see it they can argue it they can debate it what we're dealing with is a real anti-constitutional 
anti-republic, anti-democratic uh, process. And you talk about the left talking about wanting to be democratic. The hypocrisy is just nauseating when you look at it on a logical level. If you want a democratic process, you have an open public debate with your peers, bringing all the evidence to the table so that everybody can hear and, and choose for themselves. In a free country, we should be free to choose for ourselves. And, and we're ready to deal with the arguments about if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill your neighbor. That's such inflammatory propaganda BS that it, it, it should be outlawed, although I don't want to even talk about outlaw. Why? Because every time you turn around, they want to outlaw righteousness. I, you know, I can deal with those kind of retorts because they're just not logically sound. So um, we really are in trouble in our country on a constitutional level, on a, on a worldview level. We're in trouble in our country and people don't want to admit it. They know deep down in their psyche, something is wrong with this picture. And we want to have a kind of selective memory and act like our government hasn't done these kinds of things before to us, lied to us, imposed upon us uh, uh, notions and ideas about things only to cover up bad behavior. It's so true. It's so true. And so you, you, what you want to do, you guys, is pray for strong men and women who are bold enough to actually bring the evidence to bear on the conscience of whomever uh, want to hear, hear it, uh, and especially at the expense of the losing of their job. Uh, I mean, this, this particular uh, video clip that one of our sisters sent me who listens to the program is just sad. This doctor, this lady, she's, she worked in the field for 30 years, <clears throat> she said. She said there would be no reason for her to be doing what she's doing if she didn't believe that there was something substantially wrong with the methodology and the approach that's taking place in our medical industry and in big pharma and in the government. She says there's no reason. She still has children at home. And so she says she's got to fight it. <clears throat> and that's what people do when you have the truth. You fight with the truth, even though people don't like what you're saying. And you guys, we, we, our country is going to be something else in five years if we don't learn how to stand up for what we believe. Even if we're wrong, you have the right to stand up for what you believe. And, 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 and if people want to hear you, they hear you. If they don't want to hear you, they just don't, uh, they just don't uh, have to hear you. But we can't have a country where the government tells us what that's china right now that's north korea right now it's not even this bad in russia <laughs> russia went through a revolution you know in the days of uh of, of um reagan uh, and the wall coming down and they still use socialist tactics for sure but there's so much more freedom even in russia uh than here in america one of the things they were saying about the russian communists uh, sociological and psychological mass control back behind the Iron Curtain is that everybody knew that what their media was saying was not true. They knew it. But because they didn't feel like they had the power to do anything, they only talked about it in secret. Well, today we can't do that. I'm sitting here with my cell phone and I know I'm being listened to because we know the technology. I'm talking through the computer. It's looking me back in the face. It can record everything that we're doing. But what are you going to do? You're going to let the fact 
that big brother, which is here now, can hear you and see you, stop you from being a free person? Well, God ordained our freedom and he gave us righteousness that liberated us so that redeemed people can actually pursue the truth, uh, hopefully to the emboldenment of the rest of society so that we can get at what's going on, prove all things, find that argument, deconstruct it, check it out, see if it's valid. If it's valid, affirm it and then walk with it. If it's not valid, oppose it and reject it and then warn people, hey, you need to check into that. That's called loving your neighbor. Anything else is compromise. All right, I'm going to take another break, and then we might try to squeeze in a few calls before this uh, Monday edition of Lifeline is over with. We'll be right back. And we are back. The time is 6.50. We have time for a few more calls. Let's go to line number three and talk with Dave in Oakland. All right, let's then go to line number one and talk with Aegis from Hayward. Is Aegis there? Hey, hey, how's it going, Pastor Jesse? I'm great. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I, man, I, I was going to talk about what you opened up with, but everything you just said the last uh, before that whole segment, that was refreshing. It's the truth that we need to – it's an acquired taste in today's age, you know. But <laughs> um, what I wanted to talk about was um, I believe what's going on with this pandemic, um, going back to when it all hit last year, I believe that um, – is what I believe. I believe that – our hearts are being revealed and being tested. And I believe a lot of people got complacent with going to church and making it routine rather than relational. And what happens is relationship leads to love and routine leads to complacency and you start taking it for granted. And I believe with this past, you know, um, presidency, I I saw a lot of people put more trust in their policies and but trust in America, trust in their president, trust in their pastors, rather than going to the number one source. And we serve Amen. a jealous God. God is like, I, those are resources. Nothing wrong with Amen. those things. But when you start trusting in those, <clears throat> rather than the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, then your priorities are messed up. And, you know, when you think of true love, when you tell a parent they can't see their child, what do I got to do? They're going to fight to try to see. So when they shut down the churches, that was supposed to be a time for people to be like, okay, you can shut us down, but we still going to serve them. And people looked at that as an excuse to, well, like, we can't go to church. Now, what do you mean you can't go to church? What do you like? Right. Okay, we're going to do Zoom. We got to shame the enemy. But And it's sad to hear about people that really benefit from these, 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 these meeting up. But at the end of the day, the Lord is going to be our strength. So I just believe a lot of us, this is this is testing. You know, consider it. Do not find it strange, or con- consider it pure joy when trials. And this is a trial. But the way that the enemy is really just messing with us. You know, if, if people truly read their word, not even the real deep, just the basics, they will know that at the end of the day, this is this is a test. This is the testing. And if you are a person that realizes I've been taking the Lord's mercy and grace for granted, you got to build a relationship with Him. You know. So that's that's what I wanted to say. That's just pretty much what I want to put out there. Yeah, no, that was that was excellent, man. I, I I assess and I affirm everything that you're saying there. It is no doubt. I said this early on too. He just when uh, the COVID hit, uh, end of uh, December 2019, and then once we got into 2020, and I'm one who is I am fundamentally a, a realist, and therefore I'm very skeptical of of uh, of propaganda and particularly our government. And, uh, you know, knowing how uh, they function through the media as a method of basically fear mongering, uh, you know, immediately 
I, uh, I, I argued with the notion that you just have to shut everything down. And what I do is I basically hear out the argument. I look for its weaknesses, its incoherency, its lack, <clears throat> its lack of sound premise, and then its its fundamental uh, loopholes. And what we saw in the uh, early stages of COVID was the CDC saying do one thing, then we saw them saying do another thing. And once they were flip-flopping, I realized that they didn't have their game together and that this was simply an opportunity to get on top of the people and to have right. control over their lives. And a lot of this information about pandemics and how to treat it and deal with it were years and years ago in their preparation. We know this yep. and we see, therefore, it being implemented just as they have strategized. So what is the church to do? It's certainly to obey God rather than man, even if that meant, because what we told our church was, hey, we're going to meet outside. We got a big enough lot in our congregation where our whole congregation could meet outside. We could social distance and still have tons of room to actually be together versus collapsing into just um, live stream. Uh, the weather got inclement, so we did live stream, but people started coming inside again. And over time, we realized there's a way to do it in a balance where you can check temperatures. If you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't, you don't have to, because we wanted to actually demonstrate that we could trust God at the active faith level, not the passive faith level. And God has been extremely good to our congregation in that there has not been some major breakout that would bring about a scandal. This is the same thing that John MacArthur argued about, and their congregation is significantly larger than ours, and they won that battle both in the courts and in the uh, arena of public testimony. And I, I jumped on that bandwagon and said, let's be, let's, let's be leadership here in the Bay Area. Now, there is a church out in San Jose, Calvary Chapel, <clears throat> where the pastor McClure is in the bullseye of uh, the the uh, uh, legal issues himself. And I'm praying and hoping that they don't try to abuse him because he was exercising his constitutional rights. But those people definitely had a right to um, to assemble. I hope that they were using some kind of measures to respect the reality of the virus, but at the same time also maintain your freedoms. There's a way to be able to do that, and I think we did it well, and uh, and therefore we haven't had any trouble, and we actually are part of the school system. So they've been around. They've come to our facilities. The police have come to our facilities. The uh, school system have come. They've seen what we've done <clears throat> in terms of setting up and structuring so that we could continue, and uh, and God has honored it to this point. Also, I do not believe that this is the end of it. The logic says, if you have a vaccine that doesn't stop COVID, if it doesn't stop you from getting it, if it doesn't stop you from giving it out, if the virus mutates as it is presently mutating, guess what? You have to keep implementing this system of social distancing, sheltering in place when you get hot spots, as they want to do now. They have to perpetuate giving vaccines. This is not a one-time vaccine. It's not a two-time vaccine. This is going to be a perpetual vaccine submission for uh, the unknown future, man. And this is a sad and ugly and very, very problematic 
uh, situation that we're in that's going to continue, unfortunately, Aegis, to uh, try the faith of many people. Try mm. their faith. It's sad, but we just got to keep praying and keep standing on the word of God and keep sowing to the spirit and not to the flesh. And like you said, my brother, the goal is to worship God. That's what he saved us for. He didn't save us to make worship convenient. He saved us to make worship an imperative. It is a mandate to worship the true and the living God. It is how he shows up and blesses his people. It's how he tells the world there's a day coming when all my people will be gathered and taken out of the world. And every time we gather, it is pointing to that day where the church will be redeemed and brought out of the world. And the, wor the world will have no other light. It will have no other recourse. It won't be able to go to the church on Sunday. Men and women will have to bear in their conscience the reality that they saw men and women and families and brothers and sisters leaving their homes, getting in their cars, going to the assembly, gathering with the people of God. But one day, that will not happen because Christ will come and bring his church home and then the world will have no place to go. So in the meanwhile, we got to keep, be not weary in well-doing, you shall reap, you pay not. God bless you. Amen, amen.